Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I have so much to talk about tonight. This has been a hell of a week. Uh, Trump contributes to it, but there are other things that have been going on in the world, and I want to get to them all, and I'm going to get to them right now. I'm going to start with the Women's March this past weekend. i got to tell you something. It was impressive. Uh, a million-plus worldwide. Uh, Washington alone had 500,000 women came out. Chicago, 150,000. Boston, 125,000. And in Little Key West here, where we expected and hoped for 1,000, 3,500 women came out, and women, men, and children came out and participated. Uh, terrific, absolutely terrific. Don't screw around with the women. That's my admonition, because we all know uh, once a woman's dander is up, you cannot screw around with her. She will control. She will be adamant. She will persevere. Uh, we, we believe here in this country that the Women's March and the success of it in this country was a rebuke to Trump's election. I don't know why these women didn't rebuke him before the election. As it turned out, he got 10% more of the female vote of the women's vote than Hillary did, and Hillary's supposed to get the greater share of the women's vote. Something happened after the election, and I think a lot of women in this country finally realized you've got issues coming up where the very conservative and far right of the Republican Party are going to take away from women all the privileged rights they have had over the years, abortion, things like that, birth control pills being paid for, etc., so that's the story there. As to um, the way the women talked, they were tough. These ladies were tough. They spoke tough, like Madonna. She was really tough. And a lot of them carried signs that expressed tough sentiments. One of the milder signs being carried said, and I quote, this pussy bites back. Excuse the use of the language, but that's what the ladies had out there. In fact, they were wearing pussy hats, pink-pointed hats, and they called them pussy hats. A woman will bite back if she's defecated upon, she's stomped upon, or what have you. It's interesting to note how this whole thing started, this woman's march that all of a sudden had a million-plus in the world, 500,000 in Washington, D.C. It started with a... A grandmother in her 60s, a grandmother of four by the name of Teresa Shook, who lives in Hawaii. And she ran a little message on Facebook a couple of days after the election, and she said we should have a march on Washington, a woman's march on Washington. And this Little grandmother, 60-some-odd years old from Hawaii, started this thing that blossomed into a major event. Now, let me further address here, and this is something that the women are watching out for. The women will become riled up 
over. I'm talking about abortion. Trump has announced he's going to uh, tell us who his nominee is for the Supreme Court seat uh, later or early next week. Now, there's no question, Trump has said that the litmus test for his appointee will be that he is anti-abortion and will vote against abortion if the issue comes up before the court. The issue will come up before the court because there are enough cases in the lower courts that are going to eventually in the next year, some of them reach the United States Supreme Court, a court that's presently split four to four with Trump appointing an anti-abortion judge, an ultra-conservative judge, a far-to-the-right judge, guaranteed abortion's going to be thrown out by a five-to-four decision. And boy, let me tell you, I wouldn't want Trump to be Trump after this occurs. The women will march on Washington again, and I'll bet you it's more than a half a million people. They will be aroused. I also want to talk about Trump's inaugural address just briefly, um, short, one, the second shortest inaugural address in modern history, uh, the shortest was Carter. Uh, Trump's was 16 minutes, 12 seconds, 1,455 words. Nothing wrong with being short, long, in between. Uh, actually, short is better than I long, I, long than I think for an event for this. The third shortest, by the way, was Jack Kennedy, John Kennedy, uh, when he made his first inaugural address, remember uh, famous words. He had a, he had a very touching uh, speech. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Well, Trump didn't give us any of that. We have nothing we've taken away from the Trump speech. At least I took nothing away. His speech was dark and sinister. It was a carnage of the United States. Uh, we know we're in bad shape, big time crime, uh, et cetera, et cetera, poverty, all this kind of stuff. And he, he dwelled, it was like a campaign pitch. It was his campaign all over again. And he dwelled on the black and none of the sun coming up. Things are bad in this country. Things are wrong in this country, but not as bad as he portrayed them. And not as bad, I'm going to tell you right now, my friends, as he sold it to the American public that voted for him. Uh, he did not inspire in his speech, and I think uh, an inaugural speech should be one of inspiration. Uh, he really made us look screwed up to the world, which we are not. And so that's the story in my comments about the inaugural speech. I want to stay with Trump one more minute. The man is not honorable. I said I wasn't going to comment about Trump. I was given him an opportunity to be president. He's the only president we've got. How many days has he been in office? Four days, five days? I don't know. All I can tell you is I've had it. I've got the comment. I can't believe this guy. I can't believe the short time he's been in office, what's happening. Let me talk about his tax returns, okay? He was going to produce them, he said, once the audit was over. Well, he never produced them. The audit was never over, which is a crock. He could have produced them even with the audit going on. Now it was announced over the weekend that he will not, he will not be releasing his tax returns, even if the audit is over. And the reason he gives is the people don't care. The only people that care about his tax returns are the media, which is a crock. I want to know what's in his tax returns. I think most of us want to know what's in his tax returns, because if any place it's going to show a tie, and I'm telling you, it's got to be there. 
This man cannot have done business worldwide without having made loans to Russian banks and things like that. The ties would be phenomenal. And that's why we're never going to get to see him, as he says. And what did he do now? He's gone back on his word. Within the first week of his being president, he has gone back on something he, in effect, promised to do while he was campaigning. He would release his tax returns after the audit. Uh, his word's not good. And this won't be the last time this will happen. I believe it will be a continuing trend during his presidency, uh, and that's the way it is, because that's the nature of the man. He speaks with a forked tongue. I want to talk about Mexico a little bit here, uh, because we're going to be into Mexico. we got NAFTA coming up. The president's going to talk to Mexico. they got to shape up. we got to put the wall up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let me tell you at the outset, did you ever ask yourself, why do these Mexicans come across the border to work at lousy shit jobs in the United States? Because they can't make that kind of money, which is garbage money, according to our standards, in their own country. Mexico is poor. Why do these people climb walls, dig tunnels, come in trucks, uh, and then when they get here and they're thrown out, they fight to come back two years later? And they don't want to stay. A lot of them go back because they bring the money they earn here back to Mexico to support their families. Mexico is a poor nation. And that's why these people do these things. Well, it's been commented on, not in our media so much, though, uh, this past week, that there's a revolution perhaps in the making. I don't sense it, but this is what I've read in Mexico. Uh, Again, the mainstream media in this country remain silent on this issue. I don't know why. But the straw that's breaking the camel's back occurred past week, last week. And it also serves to show the financial condition of the Mexican people. There was a 20% rise in the price of gas. Now, that can be dramatic, but you can swing with it for a while, a 20% increase in the price of gas. Not in Mexico. Inflation's on the dramatic rise. And the best way to show what this meant to the Mexican people, as opposed to if it happened in the United States, It would take, as I read, okay, 12 days of a Mexican working at a minimum wage, 12 days working at a minimum wage to fill his gas tank. Whereas in the United States at a similar price, it would take an American worker seven hours working to fill his gas tank. Now that tells you and I something we might not have realized. These people are really in trouble financially, and really poor. Another contributing factor down there that's pissing off the people and may cause them to do something are the drug cartels. Understand that the drug cartels in Mexico are the corporations in the United States. That's right. They are the powerhouse, like the corporations are powerhouses here. Well, they don't have major corporations that that belong to and were started and are controlled and run in Mexico. They have the drug cartels. And these drug cartels control down there. It's a very corrupt government in Mexico. It's called a narco state. Uh, The elected officials, even the judges, are on the take from the drug cartels. And the 
people who don't benefit from this, the majority of the citizenry, they're getting irritated by all this. So something is happening in Mexico, and I'm curious how all this is going to impact uh, Trump and the wall he wants to build and everything else. Now, did you ever hear of Carlos Slim? That's a person's name. Carlos Slim, S-L-I-M. I had not until I came across this information. He is a Mexican millionaire, Carlos Slim. He is the richest man in Mexico. And how did he get rich? He started a cell phone company. It's called America something or other. I don't know the last part of the name. But it's from a cell phone company that he started. And what does he want to do? He wants to launch a TV channel in the United States, a Mexican TV channel operating in Mexico, being received in the United States. It will be a TV channel in the United States again for Mexicans, made by Mexicans, and transmitted from Mexico. Started off, and up until recently, Carlos Slim has been anti-Trump. Now, what he thinks, what Carlos Slim thinks, would affect NAFTA negotiations. Now, he has been anti-Trump. He's anti the way Trump thinks. Uh, He understands trade and immigration policies. Uh, he he just he's opposed to Trump's ideas. This wall's a joke and all this sort of stuff because people are starving. Even though he's filthy rich in Mexico, during the campaign, Slim said that Trump was out solely for United States businesses, nothing else. He was working for corporate America. After the election and before Christmas, i got to tell you, Donald Trump's good at this. After the election and before Christmas, Trump invited Slim to dinner at Mar-a-Lago. When Slim left, he told the reporters, and I quote, he had a very positive impression of Trump. Now, it seems to me like Trump and Slim are now going to try to mend the fence, mend fences between our countries. And you know what I mean. They're not the fence that somebody wants to build, but they want to work out the differences between our country. It would seem to me that Slim may have been won over. I can't believe it because he doesn't sound like a horse's ass if he's the richest man in Mexico. But be aware of what's going on. And the purpose of the Mexican TV channel is to have influence, to influence People of Mexican extraction living in this country. This can be an influence in subsequent years, a good one or a bad one for our country. Going to go to China for a while here. Lots going out in China. Now, you and I know we see the pictures of people walking around in China where the smog is so heavy, the pollution in the air. They're they're wearing face masks. You see them. Well, China's come up with it's maybe described as a Lung cleansing escape, lung cleansing escape, another way of saying it's a smog escape. And what they do now, and the government encourages people to take vacations in places where there is clean air. And this will help, you know, straighten out their lungs, hopefully. And the best place and the most popular place is two places to go to clean up your lungs, Iceland and the Antarctica. Antarctica and Iceland, cold places. 
uh, and travel agents, just like they plan trips for us here in the United States, they plan smog escapes for Chinese citizens. Now, there are two other places that they recommend also, and these are warm places, but they're islands where the cool breezes come in off the ocean, which helps keep the atmosphere clear, clean, etc. One's the Cyclades, the African islands, and the other's the Maldives, South Asian islands, in the Indian Ocean. Again, Iceland and the Antarctic are considered the best places and are the most popular. They also have and this is relatively new in, in uh, China, a Ministry of Environmental Protection. A Ministry of Environmental Protection. China does things right in a sense. Just stay with me for a minute. They do. They're concerned about this pollution. They created it. Now they're concerned about it. They want to clean it up, and they're pushing the vacations. Uh, they also have come up with stringent rules and laws regarding coal-burning factories and vehicles that are not sufficiently equipped to keep the emission levels down. Recently, they created a an environmental police force. Yes, an environmental police force that see that to look chase the coal-burning factories and the bad vehicles. In the last several years, as part of China's operation process to get the air cleaned up the best they can because they spent a lot of years making it lousy and polluting it, they closed 500 factories that were polluting. Can you see us in the United States closing one factory that's polluting? And they're also in the process of forcing 2,000. 560 other companies, other plants, to clean up operations. They're trying to do something. Which now brings me to the South China Sea, the islands that China is building out there. The land is contested between Japan and China. China moved in, asserted themselves, and actually has built islands where no land existed at all, has built airfields, planes able to fly. Has They have ports for their new vessels, because in the last five years they have built something like 350 new naval vessels. They got it all, the carriers, the subs, everything else, and they got more than we have, and their stuff is new where ours is becoming antiquated. Having said that, Trump, because, you know, he's a big shot. He's got brass testicles. So what did he do? Uh, he complained this week. He said to China, you shouldn't do what you're doing. You you know, with these islands and everything over, you're doing, you're, 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 you don't belong there. And Trump said the United States would prevent a, quote, takeover, unquote, of China in the region. Well, what does that mean? Trump's telling them, stay out, get out of there. You guys are screwing up. They came back right away, the Chinese government, and said, don't screw with us, okay? We recommend that you act cautiously, unquote, in dealing with us. And, you know, <laughs> we're going to have two cold wars. He's not, his friendship with Putin won't last because Putin's smarter than him. And at some point, uh, Trump can't be as dumb as I think, and he'll realize that, uh, just as Bush, too, did. And uh, we're going to have a cold war with Russia. 
we still have a Cold War with Russia now, and we're going to have a Cold War with China. Cold Wars are bad things. I lived through the first Cold War. I had a family. I was a young businessman, a practicing lawyer. Every day there was a fear, okay, that something might happen between us and Russia. I remember my kids used to come home and tell me how they had drill exercises where they had to get down on their hands and knees and put their heads and bodies under their desks and things like that. Uh, Terrible situation. He can't go around pissing on other countries, especially if they they may be as strong as as us, if not stronger. Jack Ma. I never heard of Jack Ma until recently. Perhaps you have. uh, Maybe you haven't. Uh, Jack Ma is a Chinese billionaire. He is the founder of the world's largest retail operation, which interestingly is called Alibaba. Now, he says the United States should stop blaming the world for its own spending problems. He should, the United States should not look to other countries and say they stole our jobs, okay? Uh, his position basically is this, that the United States has wasted trillions of dollars on wars and Wall Streets, in past 25, 30 years, and not on its people. Hear what I'm saying, and not on its people. Uh, he, he says that the United States strategy with regard to the world and money and things uh, were not directed or distributed in a proper way. Number one, he says the United States wasted over $14 trillion fighting wars over the last 30 years. That's very true. We didn't belong in any of these goddamn wars, Iraq, Afghanistan, everything else. You get into wars in these places, you never get out of them. And why did we go in the first place? None of us really know, and we can never figure out how to get out. And it costs money and lives, money and lives. And we're just talking about money now, all right? He says, instead of spending the money, the $14 trillion on wars we didn't belong in, that were none of our business, didn't affect us, we won or lost them, that we should have put the money into infrastructure in this country. Then our water, our roads, our schools, etc., would be in good shape, and people would have been earning good incomes during that time working on infrastructure items. He also says, Jack Ma says, that Wall Street benefits in this country uh, and he says it's strange. What we want here are the companies here, the big companies, the IBMs, the Cisco, the Microsoft, okay? But we don't keep them here making their product. Most of their product gets made in foreign countries like China. And then we also, this is done because our law permits it. And then we have these tax havens uh, that our law permits our people to keep their money in foreign ports like this and not pay taxes on it. And he says, that isn't right. We should have these companies who are big countries, but we should compel them to make their products in the United States, okay? Because he says a lot of money, and he's right, is being, in effect, Lewis's words, pissed away because the product's being made in another country. Our people could be making it. Trump understands that, I think. Uh, he, He says if you take the profits in any of recent years of IBM, Cisco, and Microsoft and combine them, the profits of those three companies combined are bigger 
than the profits of the four largest Chinese banks. Again, so you understand the money ends up on Wall Street. It's the 99, 1% thing. He says that in 2008, Wall Street wiped out the United States, cleaned us out with the recession that came of $19.2 trillion. $19.2 trillion in U.S. income. Again, he says the money, he's, he understands our country, should have been spent in the Midwest, in infrastructure, helping blue-collar workers, okay? He says again, in effect, the money should not go to the wealthy. Uh, basically, we gave our jobs to other countries. We kept the te technology and the brand, but we sent the working jobs to the other countries. Trade wars. Trump is saying we're going to get into these trade wars, in effect. Here's what Jack Ma said about trade wars. He says it's like a gun war. It's easy to get into, easy to launch, difficult to end. And he uses as an example, look at Iraq and Afghanistan. <laughs> and the same thing will happen if there's a trade war, and it works and inures to the benefit of neither country. Affordable water is becoming a looming crisis. Two years ago, I wrote a column in Conclave, very lengthy, about the water crisis in the United States, especially in, in California. Now the issue is becoming the water is scarce, and it's becoming expensive. It's, you know, it's the marketplace, again, the law of the marketplace. Uh, big demand, small uh, amount, and there's a scarcity, and the price goes up. And so the cost of water is becoming affordable, we're talking not just about drinking water. We're talking about wastewater services. It used to be at one time uh, that the rain and a hurricane or two or a tornado, our sewer systems could handle it. But now scientists feel, and economists too, not all of them, those that are honest though, that global warming over the last 30, 40 years has created a situation where we have more hurricanes, more storms, more snowstorms, more tornadoes. Look what happened this weekend in Georgia. It came over us during Key West. We had the winds and the rain, but we didn't have the tornado that came with it that hit in Georgia in several places. What, 16, 17 dead, too, besides great physical damage? Uh, and so we need new wastewater systems. The ones we built 30, 40, 50 years ago are not sufficient to handle the rainwater. And I see it here in Key West, every time we have a big rain, our streets are flooded, some of them. Some intersections, two or three feet of water. People make a joke, go swimming, because the water's clean. The, the, the wastewater's clean. Or they ride their kayaks down the street. Anyhow, um, where are we here? The price of water's going up. It should only cost 4.5% of a family's income for water. It's costing a hell of a lot more now. It's a, and water, the cost of water has risen 41% since 2010. And if the increases continue, water services are going to soar dramatically. Again, infrastructure, climate change, and all the other things I mentioned to you. Right now, today, households in Atlanta and Seattle pay more than $300 a month for water. Would you believe it? Can you re I remember when my water bill if it was $5. This goes back to the 50s. I go crazy. I want to bring... Uh
I want to bring China into this again. They're smart in China. They screw up, but when they see their problem, they deal with it. China has golf courses. Chinese life love golf. Asians love golf. But golf courses use a lot of water, okay? In the last two years, China, lover of golf big time, has closed 111 golf courses. Did you hear me? Strictly to conserve water. Closed 111 golf courses. That's amazing. And since 2004, they have banned the construction of any new golf courses in China. Obama did something in the last couple of weeks before he went out of office. I don't know if he was setting Trump up or what, but here's the story. We have troops right now, United States troops in Poland and Norway, pissing off, the only way I can put it, pissing off Putin big time. He says, these are acts of war. We are readying ourselves for war. Anyhow, he's got, we've got NATO troops in Poland. First time since World War II we've had any troops in Poland. And we're saying that they're there to train with the, the, the Polish people. Last week, we sent 300 United States Marines to Norway. They're going to be there for a whole year. What are Marines doing in Norway? They're training for Arctic warfare. And when that happened again, he says, this is another act of war. We are preparing for war. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's crazy. And I'm interested to see how Trump handles this. Anyhow, that's the show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. I think these were interesting uh, topics to discuss. Uh, I'm glad you're with me. Again, i got to tell you, my numbers keep going up every week. I sound like Donald Trump now. I apologize. But they are. It's, i got advertisers. I love it. Uh, anyhow, uh, please join me again next week. I, I'll try to come back with some more interesting things for you. You know the show's archived on Block Talk Radio, YouTube, and it's linked into my Key West Lou website. You can read it, any, listen to it anytime during the week when you like. I do a blog every morning. Take a shot listening to my reading my blog on the internet, keywestlou.com, keywestlou.com. Very short, take you 30 seconds. I tell you what I did the day before in Key West. You might enjoy learning about all the little things that make people happy here, et cetera. Again, thank you. I look forward to being with you next week. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.